welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. Um, I'm joined by the lovely Matt. Hello. And how to describe them? A horde of reprobates, I think, <laughs> is possibly the way. We have the crew from Paranoid Miniatures. Um, if you were at Salute, you'd have met the crew, and um, they're all going to say hello now. Hello. hello. <laughs> yes, there are five of them. None of them have been on the show before, so we have to do five 30-second gamer bios. So I'm just going to work through my Skype things and see how they are. So first up is Stuart. Hello. You want my 30 seconds? Well, I started... I'm now 30-something. I started when I was 12 uh, doing 40k, doing Chaos Space Marines. I then went on to... Fantasy and did Skaven and Ogres and Dwarfs. Um, I then started going down the deep black hole of small games like um, um, Warmer Hordes um, and then uh, lots of other little games uh, Gorkamorka, Necromunda, um, uh, then got hooked on Guild Ball. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and Guildball's where I'm at at the moment, and I partook in the tournament last weekend and came third. Okay, brilliant, and congratulations. Uh, Mark? Oh, right, okay, um, I'm, like a lot of guys, started off with the GW, um, playing a proper faction, which is Blood Angels, obviously, um, then sort of progressed to playing Fantasy, a uh, bit of Magic thrown in, but nowadays it's all skirmish for me. Uh, I love my skirmish games, love my... In a Majesty's name, um, Empire of the Dead, oh, Guild Ball as well. Um, but yeah, Skirmish is where it's at for me nowadays. Excellent. Jeff? Uh, yeah, I'm 30 as well. Um, started about 15 years ago with 40k. Um, played many and myriad uh, armies in my time and then moved into fantasy. Um, got a Dark Elf army for that at the moment. And then, just like the rest of the guys, drifted into your Malifaux and your Hordes and been playing a lot of skirmish games recently and seem to have landed again with Guild Ball recently. Okay, Dom? Yeah, uh, similar to the other guys, we all met through Games Workshops. That's where we all started, really. I started more on the fantasy side, um, moved into their specialist games range, so it was kind of Epic 40k, uh, Mordheim, uh, Gorka Morka. And then, obviously, device verged since then um, into others like Heldorado, uh, Malifaux, and we've gone back to Gorkamorka recently, but now, yeah, Guild Ball and um, Wrath of Kings as well recently. So, yeah. Cool. And finally, Gareth. Right. Uh, I came quite late to it, really. I came out about 15, 16. Um, I was into fantasy novels, and it sort of built from there. So I started off with the RPG side, really. I came from Dungeons & Dragons early editions through uh, science fiction such as cyberpunk uh, and gradually moved to what was the only high street place at the time of Games Workshop. Uh, moving location, uh, in my late teens, I met these guys as I came down south from up the Manchester end. And uh, from there, I picked up pretty much all the ones that they've listed and some more besides. So, yeah, quite eclectic in our collection of small and big games, really. Uh, Spooner, you notice Gareth's a northerner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold it. So, it's always one. <laughs> What's it like being in the developed world? Warmer and less wet. Less cholera. 
<laughs> Andy Bowler, strangely enough, as well. Yeah. So you've all known each other for years, then? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah we've known years. 15, 20 years. And who's the oldest? Uh, that'll be moi. Granddad. And how, Mark, Mark, are you the right side of 40 or are you still young? I'm the right side of 40, the proper side Excellent. Of 40. Mark is an excellent chap like and we don't care about the rest Absolutely. of them. <laughs> young whippersnappers. Good. So now we know who the grown-ups are, we can have a proper talk. So the reason that you're all on is to talk about your new game. Yes. Or... What is going to be a new game? Because this is quite interesting. Because we, you, we've been talking for quite a while, um, on and off, looking at concept art and stuff. And we had a brief chat at Salute. Um, I picked up uh, the miniature, and you're taking it's. It's really interesting for me because it's the whole process of going from. Your five mates, you've had an idea. We could do a game. You know, we play the, all these sorts of things. And the stages you're going through to get it to the end. Now, first of all, have any of you done developed games before? I mean, is any of it in your real-life type stuff, or is this your first foray into it? Um, professionally, no. None of us uh, um, are you know, in, in that way uh, in, our, in our working life. Um, however, I know that uh, people like uh, myself, Dom, Jeff, Stu and Gaz, we've all... We've all um, got hold of rule sets and thought, oh, let's do some house rules on this, let's tweak it, let's let's make it, you know, more to our liking. Do you know what I mean? So we've always been yep. that, that that way inclined to, to take a rule set, take the bits we like and maybe move some of the bits we don't necessarily like and uh, you know, tinker about a bit. That's exactly the word I was about to say. You're a tinkerer of rules. <laughs> yes. They play the same rule sets that we like to play, Spoonie, so... Yeah, so... They're, they're they have played in Her Majesty's Name, whereas we haven't got that That is an yet. awesome game. Yeah, we're working on we, it. We are working on it. We have been distra- We have got distracted by the um, the post-apocalyptic stuff, though, recently. Yeah, but when you can field, you know, bobbies on penny farthings, that just wins. Yeah, no, no, I have, I have, my, uh, I have my Turkish... Guys, ready. Nice. Yeah, and I've got my steampunk sumos identified now. So, <laughs> so but we're not here to talk about steampunk. No, we're no. here to talk about. See, <laughs> right. See, I'm, I'm, I'm being on target and everything. Get hold of those reins, Mike. Get hold of those reins. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well so far. Right. So, company's called Paranoid Miniatures. Yes. Um, and the game is called Mythos. Yes. Um. And if you go to Paranoid Miniatures, is it a dot .com or yes, is it? It's, it's paranoid-miniatures.com. I have it open as we speak. Oh, see, I have it. You can, you, can see pictures, you can see pictures of the chaps if you, if you go there. <laughs> Don't let that put um, you in, off, though. Yeah. No, in their, in their, in their, their lovely T-shirts, which apparently there is a story behind the lovely T-shirts, but we haven't heard it yet. This isn't an R-rated <laughs> show, so we can't go into that. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, as soon as you look at the site, it, you know, the cover of the book is inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Um, so why, and that I suppose says why Paranoid Miniatures, but why Lovecraft, why Mythos, and how did the idea of the game, and what what is the game? I mean, what sort of thing are you aiming for? So basically, t- 
tell us all about it. Uh, do you want me to weigh in on this, Mark? I think um, we chose Inspired by due to a lot of copyright issues in relation to H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the one that looked into a lot of that. And uh, pretty much post-1923, you'd get into a bit of a snag with some of the copyright issues. So we're all fans of things that have come from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, be it in a direct sense or an inspirational term. So things like um, The Thing, the film, uh, stuff like Evil Dead, there's even music, there's artwork. There's so much sort of rich, diverse um, horror that's come from this one author. And it's somebody that we've all picked up and seen stuff of over the years. So that inspired us, in a sense, to come forward with something that we could bring to the tabletop that would be a little bit different and the ones that are already out there, we felt that they, you know, the models could be a little better. It could be a more robust set of rules, and uh, and that's what we're looking to bring, really. Okay. Um, we should we should just get. What does everybody do? What, what I mean, are you all I equally, to, or I tend to herd people cats? Um. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> No, we, we, we're all equal partners. Um, right. And so, yeah, we've, we've set the company up that, in, that, in that manner. So, you know, all of us have a, um, a stake in, in the business. Um, so, but we've, we've all got our own niches as well. Um, so Dom and Jeff, for example, are our main rules guys who are putting together the, 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 the actual rule set. Um, Stu um, is is feeding into the the play testing as well as I am, and me and Stu tend to look after the financial side of stuff. And Gaz is the guy behind all the brilliant fluff that we've been putting out on Facebook, and is sort of currently working hard on on some more stuff as well. So we've all got our own little niches of what we're doing, but that's that's pretty much it. We that does cross over. Um, you know, we'll step into to bits and bobs. We. Um, have all had a hand in heavily hands in sort of designing the concept art. Um, we're working with a really, really brilliant artist called Shane, um, who has, you know, um, just really brought the our concepts to life. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been looking through and there's some, re- I mean, the, the kind of concept drawings and the sort of the pencil sketches are really nice. Yeah. Very evocative. Um, and some nice characters in there as well. Yeah, yeah. We've, there's a guy called John Hurt in there as well. If you look closely, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what are the basic concepts? The basic concepts of the game that, as you've got it at the moment. I mean, it, small scale skirmish, I would guess. But yep, uh, we're looking to have um, kind of initially five models, kind of in a faction, um, possibly expanded to ten, but it's still in development at the moment. Um, the rules is going to be a uh, small scale skirmish um, and we're just trying to bring some different interesting mechanics to it so primarily obviously kind of drawing from the HP Lovecraft side is going to be insanity Right. so your characters will have a sanity level and as the game goes on as they encounter creatures and kind of utilise spells and that kind of thing uh, they will become more and more insane. And when they get to a certain stage, they might change their abilities and statistics or go crazy or kind of mutate or do all kinds of different things. So that's kind of our... 
what are the mechanics we're bringing to it? Yeah, and I think for anything that's kind of Lovecraftian, you, there's got to be that element there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember playing the Call of Cthulhu RPG years and years and years ago. Yeah, and that, yeah. that was always that thing of you kind of wanted to discover stuff, but you knew it could just push you to the edge of sanity. Yeah, yeah we've had some interest, interesting moments ourselves in that as well, playing some of the similar game systems with Cthulhu. Uh, yeah. And Sam, he's definitely going to be uh, a key part of our game system um, and definitely a mechanic that we think is, is you know, a little bit original, definitely, uh, potentially a lot original by the time we finish with the final rules. Yeah. Yeah, something else that we're, we're experimenting with at the moment is um, scenarios rather than, you know, the kill this, kill that. Um, we're, we're looking at um, scenario packs, so uh, things like, um, a big gribbly or um, a small gribbly and lots of minions um, and it might be that you know your opponent takes on them as his characters or it might be that they are an M- NPC and you're both trying to cooperate to achieve an objective but at the same time you're still not allies um, mm-hmm. and we're just experimenting with scenarios rather than just being a you kill this team you kill that team um, yeah. and we're just trying to sort of establish where we want to go with campaigns and things like that as well. Yeah, we definitely want there to be a um, um, an RPG, heavy an RPG slant on, on the game um, rather than just sort of a turn up and, you know, I face you, you face me and let's get on and kill each other. There is going to be that element to it, but also, you know, the Sea Queen, for example, was the, which was the model we released at Salute, Although she she's quite petite game wise, um, there's nothing in the game that would you know would hurt her. She is that hard, but you know it's building scenarios around that, building those moments that people mm. really enjoy playing. You know, and um, we were playtesting a few weeks back, and you know I had the choice of um, you know sending one of my characters insane um, because of an action I was going to do, but which would take out you know some of um, I think it was Dom I was playing at the time. Or still, I can't remember now, but yeah, um, and you know that that's that's what I did, you know, just and just those cinematic moments uh, are awesome. Cool. So, Spinny, were you going to say something there? No, I was just breathing in deeply. Oh, okay. See, it's, 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 I thought you were to prepare a a, a pithy and incisive question. But well, no, I, I mean, all, in fairness, all I was going to sort of say is, I, I think that yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to take particularly with this the small scale games i think the ones that are doing really well at the moment are the ones that have a story arc or a mechanism within the scenario generation that stops it becoming everybody's models kind of run into the middle and have a big fight and you throw a bucket of dice or flip a load of cards and then it's over um so i think you know that's a wise move having and you know it goes with your source material it's it was always always around a story arc and kind of almost the combat was consequential to that as opposed to the purpose of it itself. Yeah, it's finding that balance because obviously, you know, in in we've, we've all read, you know, um, the Lovecraft stories, um, and we, we don't, we, you know, we've read it because we love it. Um, but also going back to it now with the with the game in mind, having that sort of looking at it a slightly different. And um, yeah, it's, it's to design a game that was that's fully Lovecraftian, where you know there, there's things that are hidden from you, things that you don't quite know. Mm. Um, you've got a uh, that's hard to balance into a tabletop miniatures game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I think one of the scenarios we've looked at as well, sort of to highlight this, would be to um, both teams, you know, you have a sort of a positive and a negative side. You'd have an NPC female walking around, pushing a pram, whatever the model's going to be. And the aim of one team is to keep her alive and stop her going insane because she'll have a sanity characteristic. The aim of the other team is to either drive her insane or actually kill her. Yeah. The problem for the good team is that your monsters will cause her to go insane as well. So not only have you got to try and engage uh, the enemy, you've got to not let them see your monsters. Yeah, that's um, nice. And, and that's, a, that's just sort of one of the scenarios that we're looking at. Um, and in the same sense of that, you know, you'll be able to have a characteristic where you'll be able to whisper or call her over as a human person on the good side. So you can mm -hmm. direct her on the board as well to get her away from danger. Yeah. But it'll really, you know, it's, it's not so much strategy. It's a lot of tactics, that type of game. And that's what we're looking for. So you can't plan your force beforehand, go in and swoop a victory. It's going yeah. to be on the tabletop at the time, you know, and, and we're trying to keep it balanced enough that no single dice roll, no single loss ends the game. So there'll be additional scenario VPs, essentially, where it might just be getting it to a certain lamppost under the light gets you an extra VP. So it's an almost nothing thing, but yeah. getting ahead is, a, is, is, is going to be a problem because of what's going on around her. So, faction, faction and model-wise, um, what what are you what are you sort of thinking? You know, where are your heads at? Well, on that? we've been we um, as Gaz said earlier, um, we've done a lot of research on what we can and can't use, and we took a decision early on, um, really, really at the outset, that we wanted to. Um, bring our own um, take on the Lovecraftian universe rather than um, cut and paste stuff that's already out there. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, yep. we don't want to use anybody else's IP for starters. That's not right. Um, so we've, we, we're going to be designing all of our factions from the ground up. Um, that does mean that um, there are some Lovecraftian mo monsters out there that are classic Lovecraftian that, we, that we're not going to be able to use because they're not, they're, you know, there's just the IP is, is somebody else's and we, yeah. we want to make sure that we use our own. So we, the faction I've been involved in, and maybe guys, if you want to sort of talk about some of yours as well at some point, but we've got the sort of archetypal uh, Priory, which is your secret um, society that's protecting mankind. There's aware, they are aware of a mythos-based issue and they, they go out into the world to um, try and protect humanity and stop us all going right. mad. Okay. Yep. So we each took on a, a faction to design. Uh, right. Mine was the Wildborn, so they're kind of uh, witches and beasts live in the woods um, and enacting all kind of rituals, the kind of defenders of the woodland, but um, also kind of um, not evil as such, but they're doing sacrifices and all kinds of things that you shouldn't really be doing. So they're kind of a, a bit of a, an opposition to the Priory as well. All right. So are the, so the Priory, are the Priory, the archetypal good guys? Yeah, they, they are. You've got your professor, you've got your archaeologist, you've got your pilot. Um, there's a cat in there and a flipping great big sand golem with a big sword. Um, <laughs> Was, oh yes, I can. See, yeah, there's. You've released art for him. Yeah, we you? have. Yeah, um, lovingly known in playtesting as Sandy. So <laughs> you don't sing to it, do you? Uh, I've, I've been known to on my own. Yeah. 
My costume is going to be sort of the traditional, what you'd expect Cthulhu to sort of come across as. Um, I decided in the end to call them the Hidden Ones because they're the precursor to the Sea Queen arriving with a larger force to sort of sweep over humanity. So she sent out her fastest and most cunning creatures. So mine will be made up of uh, a little old lady that's heard too many whispers from Cthulhu, lost her mind a little bit, but uh, has gained power from it. Uh, second one will be a fisherman king who's um, actually a, an octopus that uh, attached to him, uh, and it uses the oxygen in his blood to feed oxygen to itself, and it's took control of him. By doing that, it's given him an ability to ship in other creatures using his fishing vessel. Uh, the little old lady has an affinity with... Um, the crabs, because there's a lot of crabs in the local bay. So mm. she has a small one as a familiar, which is a hermit crab, and she's going to have a monster version of it that'll, you know, it'd put Sinbad on his back foot. Let's put it that way. Uh, oh, so that's that's going to be Spoons's faction then, because he has an affinity for crabs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not catching, just controlling. I think. So oh right. Oh, I misunderstood. Uh, no worries. Yeah. We've all had that issue, I'm sure. Oh, maybe just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the faction that I've been working on is the Brotherhood. Um, they are the uh, quintessential good slash bad guys. Um, they are the hierarchy are Wendigo. Um, they also have human minions, but they are based within the police local police force. Um, right. There are hints that there's a much bigger organisation, um, but as we're working on our main town at the moment. Um, the, the leader of, of the current crew is a Wendigo and his sergeant he's, is a Wendigo. Um, and we're, we're working around, um, uh, the hunger and, and the need to feed. But at the same time, they've, they've gained some sort of control by, you know, feeding on, on the, the low lives of the community, the thieves, the rapists, the murderers. Um, and, and they've, they, they feel like they're doing a service to the community. Um, and there's a lot of people yeah, turning up blind eye because of it. Um, but at the same time, they're aware of the Priory in a very sort of vague way that they know they're doing investigations around missing people. And, um, you know, that at the same time, as whilst they feel they're doing good, there is that, um, you know, they're still killing people. Um, and that's obviously not not uh, not the most positive of things to be doing. Mm. Yeah, I'm just looking through the sketch. They all look very nice. So, as we normally do on these things, we ran long. We'll have more from the Paranoid Minis crew tomorrow. Um, until then, I've been Mike. Bye-bye. Fool's Daily is proud to be helping out with WAC 2015, a great charity drive in support of Macmillan Nurses. Check out the Just Giving page at www.justgiving.com slash WAC 2015 or search for WAC on Twitter.